Welcome to the Drive Life Podcast. Joining us for this episode is Mark and Sean, plus a very warm welcome to Ben from Motorsport and Performance, SUK's tuning partner. Motorsport and Performance are based near Leeds, and if you're looking to take your car to the next level, head to motorsportandperformance.com to check them out. Before we go any further, we have some news. I know we're only on the second episode, but we've decided to rebrand. So, Mark, can you explain a little bit more about that? So we launched the the first SUK podcast about a month ago, and the reception that we got was was really positive. So we're really happy about that. So thank you for everyone who, who tuned in. But for a few of probably our, our first listeners, you'll 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 be aware that SUK, whilst it's one of the most active brands that we that we run, it's not the only brand that we run. And we wanted to find a, a format and kind of do that early on and start as we as we mean to go on, find a format that allows us to talk about everything that we're up to, including SUK, but also the other bits, but not just have it not just have it aimed towards the, the sports and supercar stuff that we do. So yeah, we thought Drive Life, which is is well currently our clothing brand, but I consider it to be more of like a I suppose you would call it a lifestyle brand that's mm. that's meant to be all encompassing, all inclusive for everybody. We thought that that was quite a fitting name for for the podcast, and then it would allow us to talk about uh, yeah, SUK, all of the stuff we get to in the sports and supercar world, but then also car calendar, which is another massive part of of what we do. And then also on top of that, it will let us more easily bring in a more varied array of guests, array of guests to to speak to, not necessarily all in the sports and supercar world, because there's lots of venues and businesses that we'd love to have on the podcast and yeah drive life just seemed more fitting for that so welcome to the to the drive life podcast yeah it's exciting i know we've got a big following on tiktok yeah yeah we do yeah so yeah drive life tiktok's been going for a while on maybe five hundred and fifty thousand followers something like that so we have a, a, a really great presence there and it'll be great for us to start putting out some podcast content on on there as well so yeah yeah we do but in terms of the in terms of, I guess, the, the, the two main brands that we run is SCUK, which we've already explained what that is, but we, we do also, we are also the team behind Car Calendar, and that's the, that is the website and app to find car events around the UK. It's been running about three, four years now. We're kind of the number one service in the UK, I guess, largest service in the UK for, for doing that. And yeah, we just wanted to find a way to be able to more easily talk about what we're up to on the podcast with that business as well. Yeah. Car calendar was recently featured on Richard Hammond's car show. Wasn't it that? was. It was. We had no idea until a member spotted it, and it was a fantastic spot because yeah. uh, I was I was delighted to see it. But yeah, I mean, it just proved exactly what we'd built it for. Whereby Richard Hammond went to Google and was just searching car events 2022 at the time, and we we've worked very hard to maintain our number one position on Google for the majority of car event related searches. And he he found us, and then yeah, here's. Saw him on the show browsing it. Did it have an impact on the traffic? Uh, not that I've seen. Okay. That I've seen. I'm not too sure, but uh, to be fair, I'm saying that and I've not even checked. So I got need to definitely need to go and check that. We'll have to send him an email and complain. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, if you're listening, yeah. Um, <laughs> Features a bit more, please. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good because obviously SUK is all sports and performance cars focused, but car calendar is a, a much broader thing than than just that. It, it's interesting to see what parts of the car world we don't even know exist because because there's events now on on car calendar so you're just scrolling through like oh i didn't know there's like mm. morris minor owners clubs that are active with 50 cars turning up to go on on drives and things and that's all all there in car calendar just as much as 
jap stuff or modifying things or, or whatever yeah absolutely and that's where the, the the history of car company kind of started in that we we were entering this car car world predominantly from the sports and supercar angle but we we were very aware that there was not a really solid service a comprehensive service to find car events around the uk and then do everything else associated with that so buy tickets for car events find car clubs find car friendly venues all that side of stuff as well is that there wasn't really a great resource for it so that's when we got our heads together and we, we knew that kind of in-house we had all of these skill sets required to pull that off and we decided to do it we we launched it what did we launch it sean three months before lockdown four months before lockdown so <laughs> what a time we, to yeah <laughs> meet, meet up yeah so we, we started it 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 had a great launch and then it fell flat when nobody was hosting events <laughs> but that gave us actually the time to already begin kind of the version two that that we built we're on what i call i guess version 2.5 now with more advanced ticket functionality and stuff but but yeah it really is just the meant designed to be the, the resource for all car events and we're we're really grateful to everybody who uses it and grateful to everybody who's listing events on it now because that's happening quite quite a lot it's it's, it's kind of growing under its own momentum which is brilliant yeah i see that sort of just browsing the thing looking for things to do i think when i looked 18 months ago there was a i wouldn't say sparse but that it's very different now sure there's a yeah, lot of yeah. there's a lot of events on there now so and and hats off to sean and 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 Josh and our team in particular because they have spent many many hours trawling the internet for car events and public put, putting them on the website themselves to just ensure that we are when when somebody visits our site it's not a sparse resource you know there's loads of stuff on there and the, and it's and it's a worthwhile wherever you are in the country it's worthwhile visiting to see what's going on so so if someone was listening to this now and they know yeah. that there's an event around the corner from them that's not on car calendar what yeah. should they do how should they go about getting it listed on car calendar so they can do one of, one or two things. They can either contact us directly and we will put it on for them. Let's say it's an event that they're not directly responsible for. They may not feel comfortable listing it themselves, so we don't mind putting it on. You can send us an email, info at carcalendar.co.uk. But if you are the event organizer, you can just sign up for a free account, click my dashboard in the top right corner, or if you're on mobile, just go via the mobile menu. And then there's a button called create. And when you click create, you can select create car event, car club, car venue, and and you can list all of those things free of charge. It'll take you less than five minutes probably to list your event. It's super easy to do. And once you've done that, it'll be straight on car calendar and, and accessible for people searching in, in that area. Awesome. No excuses for people not to do it then. get your If you listen to this and you've got a car event, get it listed on, on car calendar. Yeah, absolutely. 50,000 users roughly a, a month at the moment using the service during the peak season, the kind of the spring and summer months. So it's a great platform to provide additional exposure to your event beyond Facebook and the usual channels. So we're all sat here and uh, there's the, the sort of faces are a bit tired from, from the NC 500. So I know that feeling. It must have gone very well for you to be you smi smi smiling and tired, smiling, but, but tired. Yeah. So we've aged five years at least. <laughs> these trips always take it out of you but we had a really great time i'll let sean be about it but yeah it was it was a very very good trip yeah i'll, I'll, I'll tell us all about so. it well for me it's the third year we've done this trip done it a different time of year than what we typically would do and we the trip has kind of come it's evolved year on year from when we've done it and a big part of it is uh, we're, we're, a huge part of it is down to from one of our ambassadors, one of the, the club ambassadors, 
Mike Bowkit, his knowledge of areas around the UK and, and, and further afield is just is just unsurpassed really. And I mean, he's, the input he's put into it has been fantastic. So this is the first year we've actually done it without Mike being in, in the convoy really. So, so there's a little bit of nervousness around that to some degree, even though we were kind of following pretty much copy and paste the previous year we did it. We we have to have plan Bs just in case certain things go wrong and or whatnot in terms of road closures and things like that. But we kind of just just went with the flow really with it. And I can say this without touching wood that everything went pretty much. He did it went to plan. In fact, he actually surpassed what what my memories of of doing it was eighteen months ago. The great roads, the the weather was better than forecasted, which we didn't expect. And the group of people that partaked in the tour were just, just amazing, amazing people. Some, many, many that we'd, we'd met on previous trips, but quite a few new faces that literally decided to come on a trip, knowing nobody else, never ever meeting anyone else there to spend their hard earned money with a, a bunch of strangers driving cars with no expectations or, or of any kind, really, in terms of what they're going to do. It takes a lot of. I think it takes a lot of guts to kind of do something like that. And for them at the end of the trip to sort of be so overwhelmed with emotion and an excitement from the trip was just, it's humbling. It really is. I mean, shared passion is the thing that underlines all that, right? Strangers with common ground, I think. Yeah. yeah. We all love cars, so we should be able to enjoy it together, shouldn't we? And, and I think that I found that over the years as well, it's really easy to, to bond with people that, that have got that shared passion. So that's cool. But... Enough of that. Tell us some of the gossip. No one crashed. <laughs> no one crashed. No one crashed. That's no always crashed. a good thing. <laughs> no, we, we only managed to get featured on the official NC500 Facebook page a couple of times this time, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> no place? No, no, it was a... I thought was, be joining in. You know? No, actually there was one, but... No, we didn't get into too much trouble. We, 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 we behaved ourselves up there as, oh, as, as much as he can, just about. Yeah, I think the, the uh, police car joined the group of cars at one point, followed us up to John O'Groats, actually. Nice. Um, which, is <laughs> all right. just been appreciating the cars, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but to your point, one thing that is nice to see, and we've seen it a couple of times before, but particularly on this trip, is people who have joined for the first time not knowing what the driving style is going to be like. On day one, they've maybe been a little bit nervous as to, a, a bit a bit nervous participating and and the pace and and maybe not feeling confident enough with their own driving ability and by the end of the trip they're absolutely loving it they are joining in just as much as everybody else in in similar driving style and group driving and that's great that's really great to see i think it's 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 nice to know that people can feel comfortable enough to start start pushing on a little bit as as a group at the time of recording this, the only social media output that I've seen content-wise has been the drone footage over Kaliski Bridge, yeah. and that's just breathtaking scenery. I presume there's that there's you. We've got loads of stuff like that to to come, and 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 it's just you know out of this world content yeah, as a car lover to watch. So I guess watch it, watch this space for for more of that coming out over the coming days and weeks. Definitely. I mean, a big part of this trip is that we, our, our trips like this, particularly multi, multi-night ones, is that we, we make a real conscious effort to ensure that we are able to capture the amount of media that we want to capture. So we're quite prepared in terms of who's going ahead at what point to pull up with a drone and, and, and capture stuff where it needs to be. So yeah, we've got some great stuff on this trip. We really did. There's lots, lots more to come. There was actually only one drone that got drone casualty over this trip, actually, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a drone. Oh. 
yeah. last last day. A drone casualty. Yeah. Standard. Sounds expensive. No, the, no, the, the, drone, the drone is still in Scotland, I think, right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fastest driver of the trip crashed his drone into a tree, which was <laughs> ironic, but yeah. But he was reversing at the time. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all lost a drone, haven't we? I think that's uh, we've got 100% drone uh, loss record as, uh, as a group. Uh, <laughs> it does, it does yeah, happen. I think you're right there, actually. Yeah, it's it's amazingly easy how quickly things can go wrong when you're flying yeah. a drone. Uh, yeah. It's normally when you fly someone else's drone, isn't it, Mark? Yeah. Actually, hey, you've still got your drone at the moment, so it's all right. <laughs> Most of it, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the drone footage is worth the loss of the drone to get it. I think is is the is the point that it's absolutely stunning. Some of the footage that yeah, that we've absolutely. Got, not just from Scotland, but on various other drives as well. Yep. So yeah, yeah, you can't capture footage like that on anything but a drone, and it adds a lot. I, I don't understand that. Why? What's happening to the drones? It's just uh, fragile. Another fragile. Yeah. But then they got sensors all over them to prevent them from crashing. Some, um, some of them have got, a lot of them have got sensors on, but some of them don't have sensors 360 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I've got a DJI 3 and it doesn't go backwards. Well, it does go backwards. Is it the or middle? sideways? I oh, know it's all right with sideways, up and down's fine. It's backwards. It yeah. yeah. let you crash it. Uh, yeah, there's one in Scotland right now. Yeah. All right, yeah. okay, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd rather the drones are crashing than any cars or anything like that. So it's Absolutely. good that we're... Well, we argue with that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll just we'll just wait and see on the on the social media front to see even more envy inducing clips from from the NC five hundred. Yeah, um, absolutely. Looking forward to next year already. Definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Details of that will be coming quite soon, I would think. Excellent. Yes. What else have we been up to? So there's Flamborough ahead. Drive out. That was a very early start, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, we had Flamborough ahead. That usually goes from the York area. Over to the over to the coast, but it is an early start because the coastal roads are all, roads are always quite busy once you get past kind of nine ten o'clock. So that was a great run. What else have we got? We've got quite a few good events coming up as well, haven't we? What else is is coming? Coming up, up? May's there. May's very busy. Yes. So there's the Northumberland Drive, the Wales Drive. Yeah, I think there's another couple of events, and at the end of May, the Blyton Park Track Day. That's on the Bank Holiday Monday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That so yeah, I think sold out. May's the busiest month, isn't it? I think, or one of the busiest months. There's pretty much an event both days every weekend. Yes, for, yeah, for the yeah. whole of for the whole of the, the month. So it's great to see a packed calendar. There's yep. lots of things for members to get involved in. I believe there's a space on the Wales tour still, as of the time of recording. So if you're listening to this and you fancy a jaunt into Wales, by the time this comes out, you've probably got about a week. If there's still a space, get it booked. It's it's one of the most stunning scenery drives of the year that you can do outside of the nc500 i think so yeah re- really Absolutely. really good one yeah and, and keep an eye on the website for the odd space coming up on all of the tours because generally they they do come up and i know that we've got probably one or two spaces on both of our europe tours coming up that will be available that will be advertising shortly so i know that europe is quite a popular one to jump on so if people are still debating a europe tour this year we will definitely have one available Excellent. I would um, like to add to that as well. I think we've done a, a recent update on the website that actually makes it easier for, for SEK members to identify which events there's space available on them. So when we originally did it, you had to click on the event and you would say, oh, that's great. And then you say, oh, eventful. Yeah. And then, and it was kind of the same where now we've actually, even from the main homepage, you can quite easily identify which ones the event's full or which one space is available, the number of spaces that are available as well. So, and we found that since we've done that, events have not necessarily stayed. <coughs> excuse me, um, stayed 
stayed with availability for too long because they've been they're stuck they're stand out now which is good yeah that, i noticed that improvement that's really good yeah you sort of scroll down also if you're like me you want to keep an eye on who's on the trips you're on what other cars are going to be there am i going to be driving with a someone with a LaFerrari or an Aventador or an MT what what the sort of, what's the mix of the cars going to be like and yeah. you can sort of see that evolve on the website as well and absolutely yeah cars people book on and it's like oh yeah there was six spaces remaining now there's now there's three there's always an excitement about what what awesome cars are going to be beyond this tour with me so definitely definitely yeah and then on all of our tours it's always a really nice mix as well which that's the bit I like the most yeah when you when you mix in all of the sports and supercars together it's always a nice blend of people absolutely Speaking of blends of cars, I'm going to move on to a bit of a conversation with you, Ben, about your your current stable of cars. Because I send out some questions when we get guests on the podcast to get a bit of background. And one of the questions is, tell us about your, your current car or, or cars. And uh, this list is a bit all over the place, really, isn't it? <laughs> so I just love cars. So it's not necessarily like, I just like cars. Yeah. So So you've got, a, a ridiculously tuned Mustang. Yes, Asbo map. An Asbo, Asbo <clears throat> yeah, Asbo. map Mustang. Yeah. An RS6. Yep. A Fiesta. Yep. ST. ST Fiesta. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Two L200s. Yeah. That seems like two L200s too many. Yeah, to my wife likes horses, and <laughs> I like yeah. going in mud. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And a Mark IV Supra. And a Mark IV Supra. Yeah. Mark IV Supra. The, the Supra or the Supra? Yeah. New Supra. Yeah, okay. yeah. Two JZ. Wicked. So, are they like? Is there a reason for each one of them to have, or is it just, oh, I like so that for, one, I want that one? For me, it's always work. Right. I had a Vantage before the Mustang, and then I had the Vantage and the Mustang for a time, and I decided that the Mustang did everything that the Aston did. And so I got rid of the Aston, and then I got rid of the Mustang by putting on its roof. <laughs> like, that's, one, that's one way of disposing so of a car. So I had to get another one. But yeah, no, the, the Mustang originally wore, before work, so a development car. The RS6 was also a development car, not my gig at all. I'm not a big fan of the RS6. I get I get them. I mean, I've driven it over here today. You know, they're a really cool car, and I understand why people like them, but I'm a much more sports car-focused person. I prefer something that's got two seats, maximum four if you've got short legs, you know. So, yeah, no, I'm not a massive fan of the RS6, but we do tune quite a few right. RS6s, so it kind of made sense for us to have one in the stable but that's going to go this year definitely okay even if i have to put it on its roof <laughs> <laughs> well you know for your own safety I hope you don't. so is there a special tool you have that allows you to put your car on its roof yeah 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 is there, right? yeah, yeah, is yeah, it yeah. The one a lead wheel? boot <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so car history then you you've had advantage you mentioned you mentioned that rx8 rx7 rx8s and rx7s yeah so that was that's kind of what i started doing that's that's how I got to do what I do. I started building RX-8 engines at home in my mum and dad's garage. And uh, that was the business for a long time. Right, okay. Escort on there? Was yeah, my a, first ever car. That was your first car. Okay. Yeah, so, first so car, yeah. Was that just a cooking Escort? Was that like a... No, it was a 1.6 EFI, whatever. I, I don't know. My <laughs> grandma gave me it. But I'll tell you what, it was clean by the time <laughs> I passed my driving test. Crossed that as well. Put it into a curb. Like literally days in. As you do. Yeah, yeah. As you know. Listen, you know. <laughs> so so, so which, do you do customer collections regularly? Or do you yeah, have no, yeah, yeah. If you bring your car, I will take you out in it. Yeah. yeah. 
trip on its roof, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. No, listen, I've only ever crashed my own cars. I'm generally pretty careful. <laughs> well, I hope so as well. Favorite favorite car on that list then? What's what's the one that you wish you hadn't sold? I, I used to love my RX-8, the first one, the black one. That were a cool car, but I was young. Asbo? Asbo's just... But it is Asbo that's the trouble. Like, the reason I haven't brought it to any of your guys' events is nothing else would be there. It, they're just, it, it's, it's too much. I say regularly, if the authorities got wind of it, they'd put laws in place to prevent it from being possible. Right. Fair enough. So, fair enough. Yeah, it's a bit of a weapon. Yeah. Nice, and that's an understatement. 846 <laughs> horsepower. Normally, it breaks every time I take it somewhere. I say breaks, I don't mean breaks down, I mean breaks something. So, right. Clean, near clean rips the differential out of it at Santa Pod last year and snapped my carbon prop shaft in half. I've snapped half shafts. I've snapped 10 rib belts. I've snapped supercharger pulleys and snapped the crank. So, yeah, you know, there's there's not a lot left of the original car now. Pretty crazy. I suppose when you tune something to that extent, you really show up the weaknesses. Well, we're talking 850 yeah. wheel horsepower. So, yeah, you've got traction only when you want it. And that's, yeah. that's it, yeah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> car. That does sound crazy. <laughs> so, so you said that the RX-8's how you started tuning yeah, in your... Yeah, yeah. So I started working on cars. I've, I've never worked in the automotive industry, so I've never done like dealerships or garages or anything like that. Neither me nor my right-hand Mandy. I employ dealer train technicians, but not us. Right. That's why we're so good. Sorry, looking at me like that. That's why we're so good at what we do. Not, we don't think like dealerships. <laughs> not not just like part, part yeah. swappers. Big fan of that. Big fan. And it's it's going well by by all accounts. Oh, yeah, no, it works. Serious. Works good. Yeah, it's hard work, but it's good. Yeah, I think it's it's fair. Uh, well, to give a bit of an introduction into into your business, and you can obviously you're the expert. You can talk about it a bit more. But you're the 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 place that you run. You you work on all sort all sorts of cars, and and you you tune them to different levels and one thing that i have noticed is that so obviously you've done all the work on on my mustang and my car is one of the cars that leads on the trips that we go and it led in the nc 500 and it's the difference is night and day you've really okay i haven't gone to the extent that you've gone to with the modifications but the the work that you've done to the car has made it you know it can be up there with the rest of them in terms of you know, being able to lead a group of McLarens right. or whatever it might be. So, yeah, appreciate that. And, uh, For me, bu building cars is not about going as mad as you possibly can. I, I'd never sell an Asbo to somebody. I don't think that they make any sense in, in any in any environment. I like to work with the customer and, and work out what they want. And quite often, sometimes it's just, I don't know, a little bit no more noise. I'm yeah. struggling with this microphone. All right. I'm over around right. too much. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no, it's 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 more about you know what is the car to the individual that owns it, sure. and yep. you know sometimes cars just need a polish and a wash and and some coating, and 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 it's best left alone because that particular customer he loves it as it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't often love a car that comes out of the box as it is though. Every single yeah. one of them needs an exhaust <laughs> on it, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> or a set of spacers or KW lowering springs or something. But as long as you keep it. I'm all about OEM plus, you yeah. know, uh, even uh, you look at Asbo, I don't know if any of the guys listening might have seen it on YouTube or wherever it's been about. Jamie from Officially Gassed has driven it. We've had, you know, Schmee's driven cars that we've built. And, but you look at Asbo map, even though it's absolutely obscene under the bonnet, aesthetically sat still when it's not switched on, you, you, you know, like you kind of look at it and go, 
I'm not going to mess with that, but I don't know why. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Reached the point where it just looks right. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just looks really angry, but there's no wings or bonnets or bumpers or anything like that on it, just a little little tail wing and a set of wheels, and, and that's it. Is this still road legal? Well, I'll say, I'll say, is it still insured to drive on the road? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's tax and tested. And when the insurance company says, have you got any modifications? Do you, do, do you say how long you got? I own an automotive performance shop, so my insurance basically covers me to drive anything up to a million quid, regardless of, yeah. I crashed one, didn't I? I so they know what they're up against. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's next for the business then? Where, uh, where do you want to go? I, I, I'm, so I've just got an Autel MS909, so I can put the 991s and 992s on our hub dyno. I don't know anybody who knows about MAP. We use a, a four-wheel drive hub dyno. The problem with the hub dynos is unlike a linked rolling road, they, a lot of the four-wheel drive cars don't necessarily like to run on them. So I've got this this piece of equipment that allows, now let me start putting the Porsches on on the dyno. So I think this year I've been working on a website and a workshop management system and loads of stuff going on in the background, and I'm going to celebrate when it's all finished with a Porsche and a McLaren. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that'll be, you're specializing in... Yeah, so it, like we specialize in loads of different models. I like to buy the cars that I want to ace in. And so, you know, there's literally not a nut or bolt on the Ford Mustang S550 platform that we haven't touched. We've had the RS6 into every conceivable piece. And we've got quite a few customers with McLarens, quite a few 720s on the books, 570s, a couple of 600 LTs. We are seeing more and more hypercars through the shop so svjs svs 812 superfasts f12 wide body f12s so all through brook race exhaust you know be some of you guys might have listeners will have heard of bre they do the inconel systems they see more and more of that we are the uk's primary dealer for bre now eddie himself is based on oxford's and moving out to miami so he's leaving me with black book so you know big things on the horizon and we're just seeing more and more, getting more and more into those markets, I suppose. That sounds really positive. Yeah, I, I've, de I've I've definitely heard of Brook Racing Exhaust for, yeah. for certainly in the McLaren space. You know, that it's a name that gets recommended a lot. You know, you say to someone, "I'm thinking about getting a a titanium exhaust for my car," and there's often, "Well, hang on a minute, you can go and speak to Brook and get an Inconel exhaust, yeah, and, yeah. and they're you know a fantastic quality exhaust." Trouble with titanium is it doesn't like to go through heat cycles. So it weakens, you get a titanium too hot and eventually it'll start to crack and, and have problems. Sorry, right, looking at me like that. No, I, <laughs> I, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So that's, so especially with like the Lambo guys who, you know, they're, they're really careful. I'll say this depending on who's listening, but quite often we get Lambo guys come through the shop, you know, we've got, had a 500 mile SVJ in the other week that we had the full back end of the car off to put a full race exhaust system on it. He had no intentions of driving that car. He just wants to be able to sit around and kick flames out the back of it. Titanium exhausts, having that kind of abuse will eventually blow up and can do some damage. Mm. So, so yeah, whereas Inconel, you know, they use it in nuclear reactor cars. It's, it's the best of the best and Formula One type stuff. So, yeah, definitely mm. the ultimate of all exhausts. Generally, though, you're paying a hell of a lot of money for an income exhaust system, and for what you're getting from Brook, I think they offer really good value for money, which sounds crazy when you're talking about five grand, no, you know, 30, 30 sending me a long tube, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, good good stuff. 
Yeah, I have to say my experience of of getting estimates or whatever for my car is that they seem unbelievably reasonable yeah. for, for what you're getting. So, yeah. Well, now everybody who's listening knows that if you want a good deal on one, then come see me and you'll get a better deal <laughs> than you will anywhere else. So. Excellent. Especially if you're an SCUK member. Yeah. In fact, only if you're an SCUK member. <laughs> anybody who's <laughs> not, I'm charging extra. <laughs> get, there you are. Get, get signed up if you're not if you're not already. So you mentioned you know, you've got the SVJ coming in 500 miles for full race exhaust and, and things, and you must do a lot of that. But do you have anything that that kind of stands out particular customer car that was just you know really stuck in your mind or or some work that you did that you're you know just still in awe of to this day also something that just like it happens every day and do you know what's really strange because i'm in the thick of it all the time i i struggle to see it you know (laughs) you can't see the wood for trees sometimes and every year we do if you check us out on his youtube channel we do a an end of year youtube video where we're all like, oh, what are we going to put in this video? And then we sit down and, and Abba will start making making the video. And you're like, oh, yeah, that worry you want it. Oh, God, yeah, can you remember when that came in? Oh, remember that? And so can I pick out one thing that stands out? You know what's crazy? If I had to pick something right now, gun to my head, I've just had two lads, Abba and D, have just been out in Dubai for the last four days, the back today, doing an AMG GT Black Series full exhaust tuning and a lot of speciale and a pista so you know mass goes global i suppose we're off to awesome we've got a a trip out to miami lined up next do a few porsches and uh gt2 rs so yeah i like it i don't know I, i'm always looking forward i don't know what's going on behind me yeah a lot of serious cars you, you mentioned there it's, yeah, yeah oh yeah some say, solid metal i think we probably feel the same way sometimes with, yeah. with cars on trips you know you think well, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere and there's going to be two, three, four McLaren, Ferrari this, that, and the other, Porsche <laughs> this, Lambo that. You know, it's not unusual for us to go to an event and there be one or more SVJs there. I mean, yeah. for such a rare car, they seem to seem to be around them an awful lot. And you think that this isn't normal. You know, when you actually step back and put it into context, it's like madness that we're just around these cars all the time. We're incredibly privileged, so... I guess it must must be like that for you as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people look at, at me and what I'm doing and I grumble and moan about it because I'm working hard and I'm away from the kids and the wife and stuff and, and I've got guys coming in and they're like, you know, literally wowed by it and, you know, it's congratulations and well done. You're so lucky and I'm like, I don't feel lucky, you know, but <laughs> it's it's still a job. So. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. It, it's a context at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, familiarity, familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? That's the trouble. S- someday you're going to look back on it and go, wow. Sometime soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be like, okay, that's all done now with the work that I'm doing with Mark in the background and stuff. You know, really locking everything down so that I don't feel like I'm manually processing every single job and I've got a little bit of structure in place. Then, yeah, I think then I'll I'll be able to look back and go, okay, I can start to enjoy this now. Whereas at the moment, it just, I don't know. It's just all. <laughs> so, I literally manually. <laughs> it's weird because manually processing everything post-it notes you know it enables you to remain dynamic and, and and move around and take advantage of opportunities when they arrive there and then but obviously it means that you're constantly on the hook and you're, you're constantly chasing your tail and, and so yeah no, it'd be nice to get some infrastructure in place so do you find that because you're around cars all day working you know when it's a weekend and there's a sunday and it's like oh there's a drive do you still have that that passion to go Urge out and to take go. your as, as yeah, yeah. out. No, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I've I've just gone through a period of two 
kids. So I've got a four and a half year old and a, an 18 month old. Prior to the kids, I was the guy that would get up, you know, tossing and turning at one o'clock. Why am I even bothering being in bed? Let's go saddle with more on my own, go and feel some at bumps. So yeah, no, I, I'm incredibly passionate about cars and what I've lived and breathed cars since I was a little kids and the benefit of, you know, I turned car, my, my hobby into my job. Like I don't do cars for work because I thought that that's what I wanted to do. I did it because it, it were easy and I was sick of working six days a week doing what I was doing before. But what it's done is it's allowed me to refine my taste. So like, I really do know what I like in a car and I can, I've, you know, I've spoke to thousands of people about their cars and developed cars and worked on evolving cars, everything from, like I say, you know, wash right through to, uh, you know, crazy mental builds that shouldn't be allowed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you still get up on a Sunday morning and. No, unfortunately no, not at the moment because of the kids. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, no, I, I'm not getting out as much as I'd like to do. I've done, you know, I've partnered with the SCUK now for, this will be my second year and still haven't attended a, a, a drive out. In fact, I did, didn't I? I came out and brought that 911 to the Grand Hall, Hall yeah. drive last yeah. year, but it's not enough. You know, I'd love to be out with you every weekend. Yeah, do it. I mean, well, bring the kids. Yeah, yeah, and I'll bring the kids <laughs> as soon as they're old enough, mate. Yeah. I say fixing the Mustang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got, no, listen, joking aside, I have got two car seats in the back of the Mustang. And the kids have, yeah, yeah, thrown, thrown in the deep end. Yeah, it's fine. I've, I've got one in my passenger seat and on the flamber head. But it, it almost knocked me out when I went over a bump and it came loose. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe not for drive outs. So that's probably a bit extreme. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. kids do love cars. That's good. So you you passed it on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they'd just... disown them if they didn't. That's <laughs> not a child of mine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Put you on the spot a bit. We yep. like to end each interview with you asking a question to our listeners. Okay. So you got no idea, you know. No, you won't ask that me. I was going to ask you this. No, no. So putting you really on the spot here, but yeah. if you know, if if you want to put a general question to our listenership what would you like to ask it can be anything i don't know yeah <laughs> uh, what <laughs> so last time matt asked about could can an ev be a supercar for example you know so it can be something like that or it could be you know what's your favorite drive or, or anything just 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 a it's a good question that to be fair i uh, sorry that was already been taken yeah 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 i'm answering it <laughs> <laughs> You know, did you know they're bringing the, oh God, I've forgotten, brain's gone blank, Capri back. As an electric car, yeah, oh I God, saw this. Ruined Shut the, up. the thing. So <laughs> we're going to let everybody get all excited then for a moment and then let them know we're going to be electric. It's going to be like the Puma, isn't it? Every it's going to be a laser then. Every single time, <laughs> every single time I've told this story, every, you know, everyone's like, oh wow, the Capri, the Capri, the Capri. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be all electric. So can an all electric car be a supercar? I think that supercars and hypercars are as much about the sensation. Speed is all about sensation. And so I remember the first time Tesla brought a P100D down to us back when they were relatively new for us all to take out for test drives. And I climbed into that. I'd not even got out of the car park before. I thought, I am driving the future. This is the future, or at least it feels like it. And the picture in my head, I don't remember if you guys all remember the Jetsons. Remember mm. all whizzing around at bubble cars at the beginning of the, the thing? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that, that's the P100D, so an impressive machine. But then after I blasted it once, the second time it was boring. And I think, I don't care how fast they do the not to 60s or how fast they'll, you know, how much they'll translate. You take out the, the, 
the soul, the character, the emotion, and the the experience out of an engine, you know, into ice car, then I, I just they either perform like supercars, but I wouldn't label them as a supercar. Yeah, I have to say that that what you said there rung a bell with me on the first time I drove a Porsche Taycan. Yeah, I couldn't. It it felt strange. It was like another level of performance at the low end but you know as you got into really big speeds it, it sort of tailed off oh, quite, yeah, quite yeah. a so bit the reason that, for so, that is the huge amount of torque that they produce yeah. they can't have gearboxes because if you shifted gear when you're producing that kind of torque it just shatter the box so yeah they'll do not 60 really quickly but you get above 100 mile an hour and 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 you're like you know it's, you've got to pedal really fast to go any faster so yeah. it felt like there was performance on tap but but dull, yeah. you know, like clinical. But yeah, so yeah. so clinical. It, it, an, an insane amount of the the RSE Tron GT, which is basically the same car underneath, it is has the same same thing, just biblical performance. But then you've really got to slow it down for for a corner because it still weighs two and a half tons. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's exciting, you know. Am I going to die here? And then you get it out out the corner. It's biblical again, and then you know you're sort of always managing that yeah. that that. I mean, sort of excessive. You know, don't get me wrong. Rate. We could be sat here talking, having this same conversation in twenty years' time, all with us Zimmer frames and you know, wiggling in here with with walking sticks, and all the young kids out there that will be listening to you might say, you know, we're, we're just old, and Maybe. you've failed to progress and move on with the times. I don't think that electric cars, all electric cars, certainly not the technology as it stands at the moment, is the future. I think that humanity needs to come up with another solution. But I do recognise the, you know, how impressive it is, and I'll give yeah. them that. But would I ever call one a supercar? No, because I think mm. there's more to looks and speed than mm. to make a supercar or a hypercar. And emotion is yeah. an important factor in that. A big part of the reason why I don't like the RS6 is because it's just a rev and go. Yeah. I want something that, you know, what I used to say is I'd, you know, give me something that don't fit together properly and I have to climb in it every morning and pray that it's going to start because it's got character, it's got soul. The RS6 is, is clinical in the way that you describe it. A phenomenal machine, an incredible achievement for humanity from an engineering perspective. Unfortunately, it's got too damn good. It's too yeah. good at what it does. So, <laughs> so do you think then that if we stay on the current course, you know, with governments outlawing internal combustion engine cars, yep. that there will be no more supercars? Do you think we'll reach a point where like the Rimac Nevera and so on are just considered really fast cars, but the supercar as as we no, we would I define think, it is going to come to an end. I think that the governments are saying, yeah, yeah, you know, it's the same as that thing that Greta Thunberg goes or whatever her name is to every every year, isn't it? COP twenty six or what, what's it called? Where they all get together and they all gas about, you know, how they're going to save the world and stop things from happening by twenty fifty, and and it's like. If, but they've made no steps towards actually making those changes. And this is, excuse me, much the same thing. You know, it's all right them saying no more all electric cars or no more all internal combustion cars by 2030. Is it attainable? You know, spent millions and I'm watching all my friends who own businesses are buying electric cars through the books because they're getting 130% tax return on it. There's all these, you know, government incentives to get people into electric cars and people are taking advantage of that. But they've not spent a single bean on charging stations or you know new power plants to generate the electricity and and it's like it, i just can't see it yeah i think i, I think i agree with you Bro broadly the infrastructure is not there yeah and we're doing nothing about it yeah, a, yeah. You know, pretty much <laughs>
Yeah. So I think there will be a change of course, but I think that if it, if we don't change course, then that, that sort of emotion of a yeah, yeah. of a supercar will be a cla- like 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 people running classic cars now. You know, I think that'll probably be where yeah, where yeah. we end up if we if we did go down there. People, but like you say, people say to me all the time now. You know, I, I you worried about the future. You own a performance shop that specialises in electric cars. At the same time that the government's telling us, that, sorry, internal combustion cars. At the same time the government's telling us that we're going to go all electric. And I'm like, well, people still ride horses. That's true. It's just become more and more niche and exclusive and expensive. So, no, I'm not concerned. I think that there's always going to be us guys, certainly during my lifetime, that that know better. <laughs> and no matter whether it's electric, internal combustion or whatever, a lot of people in this world, they just buy a car and they're simply just not happy with standard and they want to do stuff to it. Yeah, so yeah. there's always going to be a market out there of people who want to do stuff to their car. So coming um, full circle... The technology that I am most looking forward to is ice enhanced by electric. Yeah. And so I actually did quite a bit of work with Arash Motor Company. You've probably never heard of them, but I think Koenigsegg and Pagani back in, in the early 2000s, it were actually a Koenigsegg, Pagani and Arash, but Arash never really got it off the ground with his AF10. Really nice guy though. Uh, he's got a car, the AFX. In he's actually got the carbon tub built for it now. It's a phenomenal looking car that started out. It was going to be all electric, and as he got into it, it became more and more unfeasible. And so we started discussing like a billet V8 with turbocharged, you know, twelve fourteen hundred horsepower jobber. It had been nice and easy to achieve, but what I wanted him to really do was put an electric motor in the front that applied, say, 15 or 20% of whatever torque output the engine was producing through the front wheels. So you had essentially a, an internal combustion engine rear-wheel drive car that was assisted by electric motors to give it a little bit more traction and make it a little bit more drivable. And so that's, I mean, it's it's not moving particularly quickly at the moment, but I think that as the OEMs get into it, and the way that Ferrari did it and... McLaren was basically just put a big electric motor on the flywheel. So that's how they got their hybrid systems. But the Porsche hybrid system's different because they had the German government sponsored it. So they, you know, as as they tinker with with different ways of getting the two pieces of technology to work together, then I think that that's that's the technology that I'm most looking forward to. Talking, Phil, in the McLaren Artura is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, all sorts of weird things happen. It doesn't feel... Natural, I suppose we'll just get get used to it. You know, things like the ice motor not revving, but you're still accelerating. You know, uh, things yeah. like that, because it's it's elected to say, well, hang on a minute, you don't need this. This acceleration can be done purely on electric. Yeah. But we're going to keep the we're going to keep the motor running because we want to keep the oil warm. Yeah. You know, and thing, things like that, and it's it's a bit of a bizarre experience. <laughs> but when you're when you're full throttle, you, you know, you you change gear as seamless as the the non hybrid ones are. You know, in, in mine in track, you'd struggle to to know that you change gear. Mm-hmm. If you could only feel it, you might not know, unless you're really tuned in, that you've you've changed gear. Yeah, yeah. But with the hybrid system, the, the, there's no interruption. It, it's just a really like a constant push feeling. Yeah. Even yeah. when even when there shouldn't be any push, and that that's really a really new, quite exciting we, feeling. You know, we tuned a 2022 tight. Taycan is it? You know them big, not the, or is it a Cayan? I don't know. One of the Porsches, the big ones, four by four jobbies, mm-hmm. hybrid. Yep. yep. Not so long ago, exhaust system and and tune. 
And uh, I'm not a big turbo fan. You know, like I, I appreciate how efficient they are and I, I love the technology, but I hate lag. I, you yeah. know, I, I like a naturally aspirated car. Positive displacement blowers are ancient technology, but the way that they enhance the you know, standard engine and so you've got that instant torque delivery, I like that and, and a lot of purists do. Turbos, unfortunately, just don't work like that. You have to you have to get them going. And what were really weird about this particular car was you put your foot down in sport mode and it went before the engine kind of went. So you'd accelerate silently whilst the turbos were coming on and then the turbos would take over from that seamlessly. And I was like, wow, this this is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the, the, it's, the, it's the internal combustion enhanced by hybrids is... Yeah, I think that's technology that I am looking forward to seeing on the road. Yeah, the, I mean, it can only get more impressive, right? As people, as the technology matures, people absolutely, people learn. yeah, yeah. And as so. it filters down, the you know, obviously, I'm talking about McLarens and Porsches at the moment. So, yeah. but eventually, we'll start seeing that in in normal cars. Do you think yeah. that'll get to a stage where it becomes a retrofit? I mean, people are already doing it, aren't they? Sticking batteries into old cars and and, and motors and resto mod yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, resto mod things. I don't, I don't know, like. They built that new Mustang, didn't they? The 67. They actually used, I saw it down at Salon Privé last year, Salon Privé London. They'd used like original Mustang body panel, like molds to, to build a new all electric Mustang. And yeah, it looks amazing. It's just a shame it doesn't have an engine on that bonnet, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I suppose you could, you could take an old car and ruin it by putting an electric motor in it, but it'd be no friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> But what about hybridizing mm. old cars? Oh, hybridizing you know? old cars. Uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible, isn't it? It'd be mm. interesting. Yeah. It could be. If you wanted to ruin them. Something you can <laughs> just leave alone, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certain, certain things that, you know, like you're never going to hybridize a Ferrari 250, are you? You know, just, just, just there's certain things that just can't be touched. They're not, like too not, pure a thing to be ruined. Not without know? getting lynched. Yeah, you'd have, <laughs> you'd have angry, you'd have angry people at your door. But you know, there are other things that there are. You know, an E-type Jaguar. You know, th things like that. They're just too pure to be filled yeah, with. Unvaluable. No. Yeah, yeah. Not all of them though. But yeah, a lot. Okay. Of them. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting conversation. Uh, I think the, so. A question the for the for the for the listeners. I do have one that I, that fits in with map? If that's all, all right. right, yeah, no, please do. I was yeah. thinking. I was, I was just thinking while you're talking that so. Map is an SCUK partner, and we try to provide not only provide our members with little perks and discounts where possible, but we also try to just get them familiar with your with what you offer as a as a performance shop, and. I think what we found when we originally pushed you guys out to members is there's a lot of people who don't modify their cars at all. Mm -hmm. And they are kind of, they're, they're maybe a bit anxious about it or they're intrigued to do it, but they've never really stepped into that world of modifying as of yet. I certainly hadn't really. It's, and a, it's a peculiar market. I think that because there's so many, it's you're on a very gray line, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, is warranty, it legal? Is it legal? Is my warranty going to be okay? Is my warranty going to so, be okay? And because I exist in in a market that's not necessarily mainstream, and is is a little bit on the edge, then there's a lot of distrust there because there are a lot of people that do get themselves into situation with situations sure. with like the wrong shop, things go wrong, and a car that's been the word that I normally use to describe what 
they do to them sometimes is is, is not appropriate here. But a car that, <laughs> that's not had any Vaseline used on it is is, is devalued significantly. Sure, sure. You know, you can't. You know, there's no coming back from that as well. So, yeah, no, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, my, my question was going to be to the to the listeners is if you haven't done any modifications yet and you are thinking about doing some, what would likely be the first thing that you'd want to do? And I think that would be really interesting to know, like, if there's a common theme yeah, that, yeah. that particularly SUK members, but also any, any listeners, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in a sports supercar, whatever you're in, what would you first like like to do? Because it may well be that, you know, there's there's offers or packages or something that we could put together. I mean, for example, you've done the Stage Zero package on the Mustang, which is kind of what I had on mine. Yeah, yeah. And that is a great example of, like, it's a step into the modification world, which it's, I mean, the Stage Zero has... has Correct me if I'm wrong. You describe it as how you feel that the Mustang should come out of the factory, yeah. but it, but it doesn't. Yeah. And, but the, but the modifications are relatively small for a night and day feel in when you're driving it, particularly on like English B roads. I think that, you know, the, the problem, and we're trying to fix this, Mark. Yeah. Aren't we? The yeah. problem that people have got <laughs> is they don't know, don't really know what's available to them. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you talk about modifying cars, and people think a thousand horsepower and turbos on cars that don't have them and stuff like that, but that's. That's the extreme end. I was, you know, before I came here this morning, I had an hour at work and I was speaking to a gentleman uh, about his 812 Superfast. He's got a nice new black one that's picking up at the weekend. Mm -hmm. He wants to take it down to south of France next week. And, you know, we're talking about a set of wheel spacers and a pair of axle blocks. Sure. These don't yep. affect your warranty. The car looks more aggressive and, you know, has a, a more standout look to it. Mm -hmm. without actually impacting the way that it performs, the way that it drives. Ferrari, you know, he'll be able to drive that car into Ferrari with those modifications on it. And rather than the technicians getting uppity about it, yep. they'll say, oh, wow, this looks amazing, you know. Like, like, these are nice, subtle modifications that have enhanced the car. And, you know, I think, you know, why Why does an 812, a £400,000 super fast need modifications? And the reason for that is because when Ferrari designed that car, they, you've got to imagine their arm is literally twisted, yeah, tied behind the back. Yeah. And they have got rules and regulations that they have to adhere to. You know, the, the rear brake light has got to be X amount of millimeters off of the ground at all times and, and things like that. And, you know, that might not work with the aesthetic of the car, but unfortunately that's the reality of it. And so I know that a lot of people know that the tread on your tires can't protrude past your wings or arches. Yeah, common knowledge. Yeah. Did you know that included the bottom of the wheel? What do you mean? Oh, you mean so 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 accounting for camber? Yeah. So you yeah. can yeah yeah. So if you you know just you can you've got a little bit of camber on your front wheels, so the top of the wheel is inside the arch. You think you're okay? Well, no, actually the OEM have got to have the bottom of the wheel inside the arch as well. Right. And that's why a lot of cars have got this very tucked in wheel look that that makes them look a bit shoddy. And so mm. you know, ten millimeter spaces all round on. Mm -hmm. and just about anything will we'll, we'll make it look amazing so yeah so the question then is if to our members if you're our listeners if you're thinking about doing a modification yeah. but you're nervous mm -hmm. what would be the modification that you'd want to do yeah first yeah or, or what what part of your car do you feel is lacking and could need you know needs a bit of a uh, bit of tlc to, to make it <laughs> to, to make it look better do you know what my perfect mod is okay no matter what car you've got Stage one software, mm -hmm. because they're all limb without it. Sure. None of them are as good as they can be, let's say. Mm -hmm. Unless it's NA, in which case, you know, uh, 
exhaust system and i'm not talking full exhaust system i literally just don't you know no tampering with anything just a back box just to make it sound like it's supposed to do because again the oems can't they have to be able to drive past i mean didn't they ban the gtr because its tires were too noisy did they yeah that's, they? that's why they're <laughs> taking the r35 off the market in europe because it's, it's, right. it's not the exhaust system the tires are too noisy and and this one's a weird one wheels mm-hmm. wheels wheel color and wheel style I've got a really bad rep in the UK because we went through the noughties where everyone were crashing into Alfords every week and putting them black and silver chrome frontward wheels Rip on speed them. wheels. Yeah, you remember them, don't you? And and so, you know, you finished up with this. Sean, have you got a confession to make it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you say, you know, custom wheels to, to people over here, you think 22 inch on a Vauxhall Corsa C that's, that have got more spokes on them than, you know, a, a bale of hair. <laughs> And it's not a good look, but you go to every other part of the world, particularly like America, the Middle East, these guys are spending, you know, £2,000 per wheel on wheels. They're picking a lot of the, we've just been looking at that Ferrari with the uh, with the gold wheels on it. That, that came from the aftermarket, you know, bronze is the new black. Mm-hmm. And I've taken cars, you know, black on black's terrible, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a bit cliche nowadays, but you can, you can get a car and put a grey set of wheels on it and it'll be a dark green. You put a bronze set of wheels on it and all the gold fleck comes out of the sparkle in the paintwork and suddenly you've got a bright green car and it you know i've got customers that will switch the wheels up every year or two rather than replace the car so you know getting a wheel that fits properly that suits the car and you know there's, there's real value in that so and it makes it stand out a lot of the svj guys you know these guys are spending half a million four hundred grand on a car and so you go and park it next to another svj and it looks, it's just another SVJ. You put a set of wheels on it and suddenly it stands out. It looks amazing. It, you know, people yeah. are drawn to it. So yeah. it gives you a little bit of exclusivity without ruining the aesthetic. But you do have to be careful. Yeah, definitely. You can get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have a, just coincidentally, we have a, an SUK member who came with us to the NC500 and he's got, I'm going to get the brand wrong now, but what are the, what's the, is it Vossen wheels? VO? Vossen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Vossen wheels. And he's put them on a 720. And usually I would think, the 720 you should be having the wheels uh, out of the factory and the, the orange wheels ones. yeah they look yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're absolutely amazing they kind of look like almost oem but upgraded oem but yeah it's a really great choice so i, I mean, completely know a what you mean forged vossens that are about seven well a lot of money anyway so they uh, you know but you don't have to go that crazy no no sure slightly yeah. bigger yeah front and rear More yeah to be said for it yeah definitely it's been a really interesting conversation i'm sure that we get a lot of interaction on that mods, mods versus not mods. There's, there's a lot of purists out there. So I think that And I'm one of discussion. them. You know, I, yeah. I'm the guy that, that if, you know, if I take anything off of the super, it goes into a box and gets shrink wrap formed up so that I can put it back to standard at some stage. Yeah. Like it, yeah, Asbo map's too far gone. It'll <laughs> never be a normal car again. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that had to be built in a way that, that did it. The problem with modifications is if you over-personalize, then you'll never get out of the car. And so, you know, stickers, getting carried away, that's something that I see all the time is is people just sat browsing on the internet because it's addictive. It's like getting a tattoo. <laughs> you know, you, you put one little modification on your car and your car feels better for it. You want more. And so, you, you know, you, I get guys are, and I'm fighting them off with a stick. I'm like, just give it a few weeks, mate. You know, chill out. You don't need another 50 horsepower. It's okay, you know. So <laughs> Stickers yeah, do add, add the horsepower, though. But yeah. So yeah. then what they do is they go home and they sit and they'll come in, you know, and they've, they've got more carbon fiber or they've got more 
bigger breaks and and i'm like you didn't need any of that <laughs> yeah yeah but i wanted it you know <laughs> <laughs> or uh, you spend hours designing wraps and yeah wraps yeah no i've seen i know people that are guilty of that as well look out for the car calendar cars coming to a car show near you absolutely <laughs> soon yeah. to feature bronze wheels yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> definitely right i think we'll we'll wrap it up there just uh, a I couple of things <laughs> yeah it's been a really really good conversation but there's a couple of things that i need to ask of our listeners first please please give us a rating so if you're listening to this on apple podcast please please rate the podcast it really helps and and give it a share so share it on your socials share it with your car friends but yeah thank you for listening but it will really help us out if you can do one or both of those two things if you own a sports or performance car or a supercar join supercar owner you've got no excuse get out use your car that's why you bought it and it's free to join so you know you, yeah. you've got no, really got no excuse and if you have a car that's not necessarily a sports or performance car but you want to get involved in the car community check out car calendar you'll find awesome car events near you there's absolutely loads of them and uh, if you want some drive life merch there's a drive life store you can go and buy hoodies t-shirts bags you name it umbrellas anything else mugs there's all baby grows but, baby grows as well wow we, we sell quite a few of them actually <laughs> yeah start start them young exactly there we go. Do that. yeah anyway thank you very much for listening we'll catch you next time